Babbling in the background, now we're going to be in the podcast. Well done. Um, okay, so first thing, who can describe the whole plot of the Bible in a very, very short sentence? Go on, Kevin. God is not a sentence. It's a good song. No heresy in that. Great. Lily? Try very quickly. quickly. Um, essentially, a bunch of stuff happens in the Old Testament because a bunch of people did some bad stuff, and God is trying to, and they keep trying to atone for the bad stuff, but they can't atone for the bad stuff in the Old Testament. But then Jesus comes along in the New Testament, helps them atone for the bad stuff, and most of that's back to life, and then the aftermath of him helping everyone atone for the bad stuff. Could you say that again, but in English? Super speedy. I love it. Um, Sean? Jesus is good. Jesus is good. Amen to that. Yes, amen to that. Happy? Yeah. Say that again for everyone who was not listening. <coughs> Jesus is prophesied. Jesus comes. Jesus will come again. Yes. Awesome. All those. Great. Um, I'm going to tell you my brief, quick sentence, um, and then, and uh, like, I'm purposely using this as like a point mm. for the rest of the talk. So I have also some incredible, actually thought through and um, all-encompassing uh, versions as well from your other youth leaders. So I'm going to tell you mine, and then I'm going to tell you theirs, so that you know, no context is not in there. So mine Are we is guessing who's it is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So my first, mine is uh, God saves the world. So you can just have that in your back of your mind for the rest of the talk. Um, right, so who said this one? Creator God faithfully loves an unfaithful people in a way that transforms them forever. So is Ashley. that Neil, Naomi or Ashley? Naomi. Hands up for Naomi. Naomi. Hands up for Neil? <laughs> no one voted Neil. Hands up for Ashley. It was Ashley. <laughs> okay. God redeeming his creation and returning it to perfection he made in the beginning before it was polluted by sin. Is that Neil or Naomi? Hands up for Naomi. Hands up for Neil. It was Neil. Can I guess the last ones? We don't have to guess, but I'll still I'll still tell you Naomi's. Naomi's was the creator God humbling himself. By becoming human to pay the penalty for humanity's sin. Naomi's. I think it's Neil's actually. I haven't finished reading. If you listen, then you'll realise when I've come to the end of the sentence. Um, the Creator God humbling Himself by becoming human to pay the penalty for humanity's sin and pride and restores us to life. Algorithm. They're all awesome. <laughs> okay, so my point is that God comes to save the world. So the Old Testament, what's the Old Testament about? 
The Old Testament is about God's relationship with Israel, and Israel uh, are the people that he has chosen to be his people, and it kind of lineages back through Abraham, where God is like, I'm going to make all the descendants of my people through your line, and then we get um, Joseph, whose dad is called and he has the 12 sons, and, and it just, it all goes down through, and when Jesus comes, Jesus is part of the line of David, which is part of this line that goes <coughs> all the way back from um, Abraham and God's people. So that's what the Old Testament is about, and like Hattie said, the Old Testament points to Jesus, not just through um, uh, lineage, but also prophesying. Um, so... Jesus is the Jewish Messiah that Jewish people are waiting for. Um, he has been promised that he is going to come and save Israel and, you know, restore Israel to what God wanted it to be at the beginning. Um, <clears throat> so that is, that is all true. That's all what the Old Testament does. Um, but God wants to save the world, not just Jews. So this is a point that's really key in understanding what the New Testament is then about. Um, because obviously at the start of the New Testament, Jesus is born, and we then hear about his life in the Gospels. Um, and the New Testament is split up into the Gospels, which are... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, and what, do they, what are they? What are the stories? His life. Stories Jesus of Jesus' life. life, yeah. Why are they Protestants? Huh? Aren't they Protestants? Protestants? Yeah. Well, Protestants is a type of Christianity, and that comes out of believing in Jesus. Oh, but the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and they tell the story of Jesus' life and what he did on earth. Um, and then after the Gospels, what have we got? Anyone know? How, what's, how's the New Testament split up? We've got Acts, yeah? What's Acts? Got the letters. And then we've got the Revelation to John. Yeah? So it's split up into Gospels, then Acts, which is all about what? Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles. And what does that mean? Chicken. What they did after Jesus' life. Okay, and what did they do? <coughs> Spread. Go about spreading the word and healing people. Yes, so Acts is about the church. So it's about the, the church of that believes in following Jesus and that Jesus is the Son of God and that he came to save the world, came to save people from sin, and he is the Jewish Messiah that um, they've been waiting for. That message... That's what they spread out. That's the whole of Acts is about the new church, the first Christian church going out into the world. So it's pretty awesome. And then we have all the, like Lily said, all the uh, letters, which are all about different, is letters written by Paul and by other people? They're not all written by Paul, are they? Not written by Paul. Not written by Paul. Uh, written by Paul and other people. Basically, these people, the, the apostles saying, um, Right, you're doing that, how about do it this way? Or uh, basically teaching the new church how to do things and how to be one. Because can you imagine, you're bringing, it's a Jewish, it's a Jewish uh, heritage, and now you're bringing in non-Jews. And that was a big deal. So the whole New Testament, most of the New Testament, is about all the different things that the new church faces and how that is you know, overcome, basically. So it's a big deal. Uh, yes, that's my first point. 
Acts is the story of the early Christian church, a church that worshipped Jesus and are both Jews and Gentiles. Gentiles is... Non-Jews. Non-Jews. Thank you. Uh, So, Christianity, fact for you, is the most culturally and ethically diverse religion in the world. So, culture is uh, the places that people come from, and ethnic is um, like if you are... It's like race, race. so if you are black African, or you are Jewish, or you are Caucasian... It's your, your heritage in a different way to culture. Culture is where you live and the, the, how, how things happen in that place that you live. So you could be ethnically Jamaican and live in the UK. So your culture is the UK. You might also have some cultural things that you still take from your Jamaican heritage, but it's, it's a mix of they're different. So, um, yeah, Christianity is the most ethnically and culturally diverse. That's so funny. Nothing. Oh, okay. And that's that's big. And Acts is the start of all that. So, you might be thinking, some of you, that, hang on a sec, what about in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes... And people start speaking tongues, and those people who would come into the city who spoke different languages could understand them. Was that not, you know, was that not diverse in that way? But all those people that came in were Jews. They might have lived all around the world, but they were ethnically Jews. So this is this is different. This is new. This is radical. Um, and the person who wrote Acts was Luke. Luke. And so Luke wrote Luke, and he wrote Acts. So he wrote it as like a one big book that ended up getting split. Um, and what Luke illustrates in his book uh, of Acts is is the the new the new church and the people that are being brought into the kingdom of God, being brought into Christianity. And he tells us stories about Gentiles and Jews, and, and how this all comes about. So that's my long-winded way of saying that it is in these passages that we get an insight into the kind of people that God invites into his kingdom and how he does it. Um, and the answer to that is uh, through the Spirit, the Word, and community, which is our our theme for this, yeah? So make that kind of... Remember that? Um, (laughs) So we are going to be looking at Acts chapter 8. And I... Does anyone want to read it or do you want me to read it? What page is it? Depends on which Bible you have. So go to Acts, and it's not that far in Acts. No. What one? Chapter four? Eight. Eight. Wait, wait, what verses? Oh, eight. 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 E
The great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered through Judea and Samaria. So all those people that were, they'd come to Jerusalem and that were filled with the Holy Spirit, um, they were then all scattered because um, Stephen got stoned and they fled. Um, Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church going from house to house and dragging off both men and women and put them in prison. So they were really facing persecution from Saul, who eventually became Paul and a Christian and did good things. But at this point, yes, sorry, at this point he's just attacking Christians and it's not good. So then we hear about Philip. Um, So it says, those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralysed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Then we hear about this guy called Simon. Now for some time a man named Simon had had practised sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Peter, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the news that Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there, that they may receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptised in the name of Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw the Spirit was being was given at the laying of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me this ability so that everyone who I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such thoughts in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. So we're going to look at this guy, Simon. So what is Simon's life like? So we hear that he is kind of admired by high and low and that he boasts that he's someone great. So he's he's self-centred. And when we compare what he does with Philip, so Philip comes, he preaches the good word, the good news. People are healed. People who are lame are healed. People who are paralysed were healed. There was great joy in the city Um, people were filled with the Holy Spirit, people were saved. So when you compare (laughs) all that with Simon just being 
very arrogant and kind of saying, oh, look at me and, and astonishing people. I mean, I could be astonished by a, a panda carrying a pipe, but I'm not going to, it's not going to affect me in any real way. Like, you know, a video of that is not going to bring me great joy. It's not going to save my life. It's not going to heal me. It's not going to give me anything else other than brief amusement. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Simon doesn't bring any joy. Probably brings jealousy. Those people who look at him saying, well, you're, you're up there and that's where I want to be. Uh, he's very greedy. He wants more. He's willing to pay for, for it. He wants, he wants to be like the apostles, not because he wants to share the good news of Jesus. It's because he wants to be put back on that pedestal and he wants to perform these signs and wonders for his own gain not for the right reasons. So, yeah, and he views, he views the Holy Spirit like a magic trick, quite frankly. He kind of looks at it as a fun trick, and he doesn't get the Holy Spirit. He doesn't understand. Now, if we compare him to Philip, if you want to go to John 1.43, we learn a little bit more about Philip. I'll read it to you. It says, this is when Jesus was alive. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bathsheba. Peter? <laughs> Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, this little bit in John, most people focus on Nathaniel. Because, <laughs> because he, he's like, oh, how do you know? And Jesus is like, I saw you on the, under the fig tree before Philip even brought you there. But if we think about Philip for a second and ignore Nathaniel. Hey. Um, <laughs> That's just rude. So Jesus... All we get is this brief dialogue of Jesus looking at him and saying, follow me. And the first thing that Philip does is run to his friend. We're reading the Bible. It's it's really it's in a really funny way. Go on. Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no God. <laughs> That's a very fun way of saying it. I like this Bible. This is my Bible. It's good Bible. Anyway, anyway, it was a nice tangent, but we're done with that now. But the fact is that Jesus says, follow me, and Philip runs to his friend and says, he's found. And Philip does that because he knows his Old Testament. He knows the, um, the prophecies that have been written about. He knows what you know, Moses wrote. So when he then is confronted with Jesus and when Jesus says, follow me, he, he does it because he knows the word. So yeah, it's just another little dig into know your word because it's awesome. And um, that's, how, that's how Philip got to be where he was. So that was really cool. It was just a little tangent. Um, yes. So, 
let's look at this a little bit deeper. So, so we know that Philip knows the word because of what we just read. Philip comes and he, he does what Jesus did. He heals the sick and he prays for them and the Holy Spirit comes. He is filled with the Holy Spirit and he is bringing community to this area. He is revealing community to them. I don't know if you noticed, but it says that Simon followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. That must have been really annoying. <laughs> I was going to say, this he, guy is just he knew that this guy didn't get it at all. And yet he's following around and Philip doesn't say, I'll go shove it. What happens? He allows him to follow him around, and then when Peter comes and Simon says, I'll give you money if you give me this ability, Peter turns around and says something that you might have gone, oh, that sounds quite harsh. But it's not. He's telling, he's, he's speaking truth. Peter and Philip get who the Holy Spirit is and the gravity of what it is for us to have the Holy Spirit with us because Jesus died. That's how we have the Holy Spirit. That's how we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So even though it is, it, you know, it's harsh what he says, it's true. He's speaking truth. We need to do that in our church communities. We need to speak truth into each other. And, you know, he, he doesn't say anything really mean. He just says, repent of this wickedness. Pray to the Lord in hope that he may forgive you. He's speaking truth. He's telling him what he needs to do. And we need to be a community. We are called to be a community that does that. Yes, we are called to be a community that love each other. But this is loving. It's, it wouldn't have been loving for Simon to say, so go away, leave me alone. It wouldn't have been loving for Peter to just say, yeah, sure, I'll take your coins and you, know, you can carry on living your life in a way that is not helpful for your 